Well, well, well. It looks like our favorite Irishman is coming back to the octagon. Conor McGregor has thrown out a date. And I must say, everybody, I am excited. What it means for his division and the UFC in general, all that and as you know so much more, Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello, hello, everybody. Wake up. It's Halloween. It's Tuesday, and it is time for Outkick the Morning. I'm Charlie Arnold. We've got a great show for you in store today, and we start with Mr. Conor McGregor, because for the first time in more than two years, McGregor is finally eyeing a return to the octagon. This past weekend, during the Fury and Ganu fight festivities in Riyadh, he told reporters that he's eyeing April as the goal, which would land him conveniently at UFC 300. The holdup on his return, getting back into the USADA testing pool, is fighters must be tested for six months leading up to a UFC return. And so when UFC broke ties with USADA recently, there was some speculation it could be a means to skirt the system for the Irishman. But I will tell you that was not the case because as Joe Rogan attests, and it has been confirmed at this point, quote, Conor McGregor entered into the USADA pool and supplied two tests so far. So the USADA-UFC split, it's not even becoming official until January, but nonetheless, April is six months, and then Conor McGregor will be good to go. So here's the big question and the one on everybody's mind. Who exactly is he going to be facing? Michael Chandler, his coaching counterpart on this past season of The Ultimate Fighter, was the original plan. He beat Tony Ferguson earlier this year, earning him that opportunity. But whether that will still play out is anyone's guess. And recently, Daniel Cormier suggested lightweight champ Islam Mahachev is the best guy for Conor. It makes sense. Conor's return, a title fight. I mean, come on. Think about the money that is going to bank UFC. But listen, I don't want to be the only one weighing in on this. This is a big deal. So I brought in the big guns. <laughs> and that would be Mike Gunzelman, hey, outkick contributor, who I'm always excited to see. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And Congrats look, we're both yeah. we're both dressed for Halloween. It is uh, it's almost November first, but we're ready to rock for tonight. No, hold for on, don't don't yeah, yet. Don't, don't, don't jump ahead. Don't roll past Halloween. Not yet, yes. This is a big deal. This is a huge deal. Yes. So hence big why we're tonight or what? You know, I don't have any plans. In fact, I really? haven't celebrated a single moment of Halloween <clears throat> of Halloween so far. I have not put on a single piece of clothing right. that would insinuate I'm celebrating, unless people just think my everyday wardrobe I was gonna is say, uh, a little you, bit right now, you, a little bit scary, maybe. Yeah, you're all set um, for today, yeah. Tonight, though, I think I'm going to appease the kiddos in the building. Okay. Uh, you know, New York. I would hope so. New York trick or treating is a little different than most. Please don't be one of those people that would not open the door if kids are knocking on you. No. Is that what you're going to do? Well, well, so I got to be honest. I, I had I had a few thoughts. I was like, should I go buy a bag of candy and just leave it out? Should I stay at home and, and hand them out? But then I'm like, I don't have a costume, so is that just lame? So I think I'm just going to do the bowl scenario where I put the bowl outside my door. Uh... Because I recall as a kid <laughs> having the bowls, and, and, you know, there was always the scheme. You'd grab all of the candy and you'd run. So, you know, I'm hoping kids are still being selfish. Uh, take all the candy. That's fine. I totally support you. And as long as there's none left over for me to consume after the fact, that's best case scenario because I have no self-control. One of the uh, I, things I'm most proud of is when I was living with a couple of my buddies. It's after college. You know, we don't really have money. We don't even know what day it is. We found out it was Halloween and we had ketchup packets. And we gave ketchup packets out to the kids Ew. because we didn't have anything to give them. We completely forgot that it was Halloween because it was like in the middle of the week. Okay, that so. is, that's literally <laughs> Guess what? Sad. They never came back to our apartment again in the future after that. That is so. that is sad. That is pathetic. <laughs> uh, and on that note, we have to get back to Conor McGregor. There we go. Perfect. Um,
because you've totally just put a damper on the Halloween conversation. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Conor McGregor. Uh, he's coming back. Yeah. There is the possibility he gets a title fight right from the jump. Right. A lot of people might say, hold up, you've been away for more than two years. Uh, you need to get back in line and wait your turn. To which I would say, he's Conor McGregor. He's an absolute moneymaker. The highest grossing fight for the UFC in history so far has been Conor Mayweather. I, I don't know that he needs to wait in line. This is a money-making business. People are excited to see him back in action. So I would say throw him right into the title fight. Give the people what they want. But what do you think? So I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan. For uh, you know, One of my favorite sporting events of all time was 2016 Madison Square Garden. He beats Eddie Alvarez. Irish people came from all over the globe down there. People are jumping on top of cars. It was like a George Floyd riot, but like for all the best reasons. You know what I mean? Like people were going absolutely nuts afterwards, shots everywhere, Jameson everywhere. So I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan. I think the UFC needs Conor McGregor more than Conor McGregor needs the UFC. My only concern is... The last time he won was 2020. Mm -hmm. The time that he won before that was 2016. Right. He's 35 years in age. He, I think in the back of his mind, he realizes that he can't lose again. He's coming off two losses. So are you really going to throw him against? Like, it, Islam Makhachev is a bad guy. Oh, yeah. He is a he, bad he's, guy. He's 25 and 1. Uh, his it. his loss yeah. was many moons ago, and like you said, Conor McGregor definitely passed his prime. Uh, he's now, I mean, look at all of the different things he's branched out into. He's not just a fighter, he's a businessman, he's an entrepreneur, he's a television movie star. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he is one word, it's like share, he's, Prince, it's Conor. Exactly, yeah, he's like The Rock now, right? Yes. Like where, yeah. if he wants to do something, He's going to yeah, be able and the, allowed yeah. to and do it. He's got it. the money to do it. I just get frustrated because it's like, as somebody who is a Connor fan, and like, you know, I've defended, defended, and defended him. It's like, oh, he'll get back in there. He'll get back in there. But it's been so long that finally it's just like, walk the walk already. Absolutely. I think, though, if he comes back and it's a loss, uh, I don't even think it needs to be a horrible loss. I think if it's a loss, maybe, maybe that'll do it because yeah. at that point you're not getting another title shot and I have to imagine Conor McGregor is not going to be satisfied with anything less than one of the top fights at a pay-per-view so but imagine um, if if he if or when he does win oh my god if he wins a title again oh well, my well if he beats Islam Mahachev I just <laughs> I, I will have many questions yeah so oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so we will keep our eyes on that uh, again we're still waiting six months he's got to go through the whole rigorous testing process uh, which has already begun uh, so the countdown is on. The clock has begun. Let's Connor, go. what you got? Just just pass the USADA test. For the love of God, do not fail a drug test, Connor, please. Well, and there's questions about, I mean, he looks very different. Yeah. I mean, even his facial structure, like his jawline. I mean, it, yeah. I, I, like, yeah. I've never taken anything. I don't know if you can tell, but I... <laughs> Me neither. I have some questions there. <laughs> but um, let's get to another story yeah. that is driving... Me, mm -hmm. you, we've already discussed, and yeah. a lot of people crazy. Uh, on X, people were claiming that Olympic gold medalist Simone Biles, who is married to Green Bay Packers strong safety Jonathan Owens, who, if you haven't heard of him, you're not that's alone. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, you are definitely not the only one. Uh, that she doesn't get, quote, the same love as Taylor Swift does when she attends Chiefs games. And their basis on saying that is she's black. So, you know, people's first inclination in many of these situations make this a racial issue. This is what we're seeing again. You can already see the tweets on your screen. You know, people want to call out, they want to yell, they want to scream. Uh, but there's some graphs that we've seen that really 
identify the strong and major differences between Simone Biles and Taylor Swift. I mean, Travis Kelsey, let's just take him for yeah. one. He's he's a huge name. Yeah. He was a huge name before Taylor Swift. Again, Jonathan Owens, I, I, could I know be, Could I know be the football. camera guy. Could be our camera guy. He could be the I would water have boy. no idea. Could walk right by us. No he idea. He has 20 career starts over five years. That's, that's nothing. Yeah, right? That Taylor, I mean, Travis Kelsey starts every grace, game yeah. of the season. Yeah. So 20 is an achievable number for him in a single season regular and post. Uh, so there's just a lot of different comparisons you can make uh, when you're looking at the at the players. Uh, you can also just look at the the two women. The f yeah, it's Taylor Swift. We've got a billionaire superstar and then Simone Biles who barely moves the needle. No one talk and not because Simone Biles is not fantastic. I'm a huge gymnastics fan, but Simone Biles is not Taylor Swift. Just like if people saw me on the sidelines at a game, I wouldn't expect them to be as excited as Taylor Swift, and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I am great, but that's it's okay. True. I get it. I, I, I get super frustrated about this, especially when you invoke racism, because it is such a cop-out. It is like, stop it. Because, you know, if there is real racism going on, it just, it cheapens that when you throw something like this out. It is Taylor Swift. You're really going to go after Taylor Swift? Nobody in the world is as big as Taylor Swift right now. All right? As Simone Biles, uh, is she a billionaire? No. Did she just set the AMC uh, pre-sale record like Taylor did with her uh, brand new movie? Not that I'm No, aware. she hasn't done that. Did she single-handedly, Simone Biles, did you single-handedly break Ticketmaster and almost break up Live Nation? Nope, haven't done that. This is, it's a phenomenon. It is Taylor Swift. It's almost, uh, you know, it can be argued that there's too much Taylor Swift out there. But to think that it has something to do with racism is it, it, it's a crop of you know what because it's not it, a it's not true but also it's Taylor Swift nobody else is getting the attention that Taylor Swift is getting. Well, and then I think it's also important to draw comparisons to other celebrities who are dating yeah. star athletes. I mean, look at Olivia Culpo and Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is a big name yeah. in the NFL. Olivia Culpo, former yeah. Miss Universe, beautiful, in my opinion, the most or one of the most beautiful women I have ever seen. Uh, she, I mean, she's getting a little love here and there. She'll get a few paparazzi shots. People will call her out and, you know, all those type of things. But it's not the Taylor Swift coverage. And she's white. Yeah. So uh, why, are we, why are we taking Simone Biles and using her as the comparison to Taylor Swift when there are plenty of other white celebrities who are also at games supporting their NFL bows and they're not getting nearly as much as attention? It's so... It's, it's ridiculous because it, it's a stretch, it's a reach, and it, it, you know, you're talking about Travis Kelsey, right? It's almost like the perfect couple because you have the biggest musician in the world right now, and Travis Kelsey, 11,000 receptions, 73 touchdowns. He's going to be what an automatic Hall of Famer, a multiple time Super Bowl champion. He's going to end up the top three tight end of all time in the NFL yeah, compared to some rings, strong yeah. safety for the Packers, who, by the way, are awful this year. That, Like you said, the guy could walk right by us. We wouldn't have any idea who he is. Simone Biles, listen, you're great, but yes. listen, the, the average but casual sports But she's not offended. Fan, That's the thing, though. Is this has nothing to do with Simone Biles. Like, we don't even yeah. need to apologize to her. I don't think she's asking for an apology. I think this so is these, just the holier, people the, on the yeah, internet. They have to protect her for some reason. She's good. She's, a, she's an Olympic gold medalist more times than none. She, every, she's the most common Olympian out there since Michael Phelps. Simone Biles is doing just she's fine. She's doing fantastic. So let everyone just leave Simone Biles yeah. alone. Yeah. Leave the race narrative out of it. And, and go celebrate your Halloween. How about that? Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's talk about... Somebody, though, there's there's another woman who, you know, Simone Biles, like we said, she's cool with not stealing the spotlight at this point. She's accomplished a lot in her life. She's sitting back, supporting her boyfriend. Um, Rachel Zegler, 
The same cannot be said about her. If anyone's confused about who Rachel Zegler is, she's the new Latina star in the remake of Disney's Snow White. Uh, but she has just been all over the place for months now, running her mouth about how the new Snow White is going to be nothing like the old version. This one's going to be different. It's going to be about empowering a strong woman. Uh, she doesn't need real love to succeed. Uh, there was no consent in the original Snow White. Uh, there shouldn't be dwarfs because that's politically incorrect. All of the things we know and loved about Snow White in the traditional cult Disney classics apparently can be no more because of people like Rachel Zegler and her castmates, which now have Disney rethinking what's their plan here because a lot of people have turned their backs on what Snow White, the remake, was supposed to be. Instead of it coming out now in March of 2024, which, as we know, is really just a few months from now, they have delayed <laughs> its release for an entire year. So there's a few questions. Is that because of people, people like Rachel Zegler who have decided to completely bash the original Snow White? Right. And Disney should be very offended because they're the ones who originally, the parent company, created Snow White. This is just not a good look. Or B, there is the idea that there's the SAG after a union strikes, which is creating a little bit of a conundrum for those that are trying to get their production in the process. I am more inclined to lean towards the fact that Rachel Zegler is a complete moron <laughs> and the people in charge of making the new Snow White are complete morons. But right. guns, I brought you here for a reason. I want to get your thoughts. I mean, shame on Disney and their casting people for doing no vetting whatsoever. Like, why would you bring somebody on board who wasn't even on board with the story in the first place? Do you place? think, though, she was not on board or was she also, you know, were they kind of advocating, hey, if you feel this way, go off, sis. I think you're giving them too much credit. I think this has completely gone off the rails. We're talking 2025. I don't know if this movie comes out in 2025. This one could be a Maybe huge disaster. Maybe it'll never disaster. come out. That would be best this case scenario. This could be a huge disaster because I think they keep, uh, you know, d delay, 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 hoping hoping that the uh, mm. all the controversy goes away. But I don't think it is because if you look at Disney, it's nonstop how many screw-ups they constantly do. And also the fact that... Like, Listen, if you want, you know, she's talked about all these different, like, uh, you know, political correctness and, and, and wokeness and what more that she's talked about. And she wants to change the story and she wants to make it better and, uh, you know, more accepting and more open for all and more open for women and something. Okay, then then just do a different franchise. Start a different franchise. That's what's really frustrating a lot of people is you're going against Snow White, which is it's a tale as old as time, if you would. And let's also make the very obvious note. It's called Snow White. Okay, we want to talk about race and people want to throw out the race card for all of the wrong reasons. Snow White was based on a woman who is white as snow. They've decided to cast a Latina in her role. I'm not saying it's a bad decision. I'm just saying we are taking literally the purest form of fact that the movie was based off of and completely changing it. And then from there, it has also gone off the rails. But, you know, it's just she doesn't even appreciate the fact that she's being cast in a role that ordinarily may not belong to her. And now, obviously, Disney has gone completely woke. And uh, there's been a lot of swapping out of characters in many different senses. But uh, that's something that sticks out to me. And, and uh, for the love of God, Disney, can you stop doing these live action remakes? They are atrocious. There was a Pinocchio one last year. Did you see it? No. Did anybody see it? Absolutely not. There I was didn't a even know it existed. Yeah, exactly. There was a Dumbo one. Did you see that? No, absolutely not. Aladdin was atrocious. The Aladdin <laughs> live remake was the worst thing ever. The Lion King with the live CGI and more like that. Nobody wants to stop ruining the classics. Are you that dumb that you can't come up with new stories and, and, and start new franchises? Like, stop. Like it, 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 just stop. It, it, also, on top of everything else, I really want to get this out there. It just to show how... 
how screwed up and, and how bad Disney's doing right now. I checked their stock price earlier today. It's in like the mid 80s. The last time that Disney had a mid 80 stock price was 2014. Oh no. March of 2014. You're going almost 10 years back. All right. Maybe you should try and fix things so a little it, so bit. So if, you or go about if you've been holding on to your Disney. stock, you made a, a very, very grave error. Uh, yeah. You should have. Yes. Especially, not, especially with the potential recession coming, you should have gotten rid of that stock. Yes. It went in 2014. And it's $187 a ticket to go to the Magic Kingdom. 187. I actually, you know what? I'll, I still have like eight passes to Disney World that I got when I worked at ESPN that I haven't used yet. So please bring me along. If, if you, yeah, you want to go for free, yeah. I can make that first happen. Gotta, they have to figure out a couple things over there first, though, before I'm. Before yeah, I'm, I'm not going to make there. a trip down to Florida. Yeah. I, you I'm know not what? giving them any more of my I'll body. I'll be honest. I don't even. I don't, I'm not. A, I'm not a yeah. Disney. Can I just say this? Whatever you want, it's your show. That is. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. That is very true. I, I love when people like, just, you know, do the, do what you yeah. just did. Uh, I don't get grown adults that go to Disney World. I'm sorry. I just, it has to be said. There's a lot of adults that love Disney World. And right. if you have kids, it's fine. But if you are going to Disney World, like you and your significant other, and that's what you find great joy and pleasure in, I think that is super weird. Nah. But I guess that kind of falls in the comic book category, right? There's a lot of people that love like anime and comic books and you're grown. The comic cons do get a little wild. And yeah, I, but yeah. I also think that's, I think that's weird. Is that weird? Yeah. Is that I, mean, I, I don't buy. If you go to like, like really you can go to Disney comics. maybe like once with your significant other, but for those that get like the annual passes <laughs> just for the two of them, yeah. go like on a weekly thing. Like no, like you you, you might you might need therapy. You might you might <laughs> you might need, need some to therapy. talk to somebody out there. Okay, yeah. let's look at some Halloween costumes. Perfect. So we can yes, because it is Halloween. Because both of us are, we didn't, uh, we, yeah. didn't, we dropped the ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, the first one that we have is Joe Biden, which. I actually, that's actually not a bad, that's not bad. I mean, it's like a TSA dog walking through Snoop Dogg right there for how much he sniffs somebody. Yeah. But that, that's, actually, that's pretty witty. And it's one of those, like, if you know, you know. Yeah. And I feel like those are the best kind of costumes where it's just like, you're chuckling, you you're like, need you're everybody. like toast. It's, yeah. like, it's like when you're wearing a nice watch. Like, I don't need everyone to yeah. know I'm wearing a nice watch. But if you watch, know, but you kind of give the eyes and you're like, cheers. Respect. Yeah. Uh, same goes for that one. <laughs> uh, the next one would be, of course, we've been, just talking about them, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, which I have to imagine is going to ultimately be a super be popular non-stop. Halloween costume this non-stop. year. We, this one's not bad though. This is this yeah, is at like least a, it's not it's not wearing like the jersey and stuff. A lot of them are doing the jerseys. You yeah. know what I mean? This one's kind of uh, I like this rendition. Yeah, this one's not bad. This isn't too over the top. I guarantee you though. Uh, you're not going to turn on Instagram or, or open up Instagram for the next 48 hours because there's going to be so much, so many uh, Travis Kelsey's and Taylor Swift's out there that's going to be nauseating. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be so overdone. Um, it's, it's yeah, no good there. Yeah. Okay, then the final thing we're going to get to. Yeah. Because uh, we have to go off of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift is the fact that there were some comments that were made by yeah. Travis yes. prior to being with Taylor Swift, and they have resurfaced where Travis was calling for a woman that would be considered a breeder. So for all of you out there, if you don't know what a breeder means, it means you want to find a woman or a significant other who will help to embody, who will help to bring out the best traits that you already have and will produce the best type of children, right? An athlete a lot of times wants another athlete because they want someone that will then produce another athlete with them. A superstar of their offspring, yeah. So Taylor Swift obviously doesn't fall into that same category. I mean, she's very thin. She's very model-esque. I'd have never seen any popping muscles on her body. Though, I do not think, I could be wrong, I do not think Taylor Swift is in the gym working on her fitness. I don't think she's worried about that. She obviously has a 
But she's doing three hours. Her show's a three hours. Yeah, so I mean, her, she's obviously her in good cardio shape. Is, 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 yeah. But what yeah. do you, I mean, do you find any offense when a man says something like that? Should Taylor be offended by well, hearing these comments that were made absolutely. many moons ago? Who wants ugly children? Exactly. Who wants ugly children or children that don't have everything going for them? It's just like, I mean, how many times have you been like, oh yeah, their children are going to be gorgeous or something like that? Like, it is a mindset. And for anybody who's saying that they're upset about this or feel like, oh, how dare he say that? Which, by the way, Travis Kelsey said that with his brother. With his brother. Like, yeah, dude, I got fired. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's. I, I don't want to say it's guy talk. It's regular talk because you are a liar, whether you're a female, male, whatever it is, if you don't have those conversations. Stop this holier-than-thou BS because that's what that is. And also, you don't have to defend Taylor on every single thing. She knows exactly what's going on. I, I, exactly, yeah. I was Come once told on. that I was once told that I was being uh, maybe uh, my consideration was on pause because I was short and I did not take offense to it. Totally got it. Uh, but of course, I'm like you know we've already mentioned I'm great. So they they forgot about my that's shortness true. very quickly. Yeah. Guns, you're great. Happy Appreciate Halloween. It. Let's go. Thanks for being Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Ketchup packets. Woo. Okay. No ketchup packets. For all of you out there, please stick to traditional candy. Uh, okay, we've already talked about a lot of crazy things on the show, but now we get to even more unhinged news, probably the most that we will get to today. Now, amidst all of the insanity currently happening on college campuses around the country, there was a man in Harvard Square wearing a mask saying he loves Hamas while screaming anti-Semitic comments, specifically saying, quote, they should all be exterminated, every single one of them, and their kids, their mothers, their children, everybody, just like Hitler did. I feel, honestly, I feel disgusting even repeating that quote. Uh, but as a result of weeks worth of horrific scenes like this, Harvard's president has announced the creation of an advisory council to combat anti-Semitism on campus. Listen. I love Hamas. I think Hamas. Oh, you is love a terrorist Israel organization. Interesting. Harvard Square, everyone. I think Hamas should blow Harvard up Square. out of Israel. I think they're all dirty, dirty animals. That's and not anti-Semitism. That's not anti-Semitism. They should be all exterminated. Thank you. Every single one of them. And all their right. kids, their mothers, their children, everybody. Just like Hitler. Thank you for proving our Save, point. Have a lovely night. You know, line them up. Racist in Harvard. Um horrible. So after seeing that, hear me out. Freedom of speech, we all know, it's the foundation of what makes our country so great. It's one of the most important liberties that we have, but that doesn't mean our words, if used for harm, do not have consequences. When you use speech to defend a terror organization that has beheaded babies, kidnaps grandparents, and has burned innocent Jews alive, then you do not deserve to be protected by the First Amendment. Which means that, for example, if you are a professor who calls the Hamas attacks exhilarating, then you absolutely should be removed from your high-paying teaching job, regardless of your tenure, because you clearly are an uneducated person and you're a disgusting human being that should not be in any position of influence. Same goes for students. Protection should not exist for anyone who chooses to make violent anti-Semitic comments, and that's why CEOs are demanding that Harvard reveal the names of students a part of anti-Israel groups. These students, who were once the creme de la creme for major companies and corporations to hire upon graduation, now are finding themselves at the top of the blacklist. But that's how it should be. These people deserve to be exposed, and especially this loser who has the audacity to scream all of these horrible things yet is hiding behind a mask. Why don't you reveal yourself? If you truly believe in what you're preaching, then stand by it like a man but you know he won't because he's not a man. He's a disgusting excuse for a human being. 
Now, conservatives, they constantly feel like they have to conceal their values in order to appease HR. So why are we allowing social justice warriors like this guy and like many of the college students across the country on these elite campuses to be loud and proud about such disgusting behavior and go on to get whatever job they want? Something has got to give. Now, there are plenty of Republicans in this country, but many, like we've seen, are in name only. So it's always refreshing to speak with a conservative politician who truly is committed to enacting real change. So I caught up with Arkansas's governor who has no intention of letting liberals spew their garbage and get away with it in her state. Listen. Okay, so everyone, I am just so excited now to be joined by Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the 47th governor of Arkansas. Also, something to note, the youngest woman to serve as the governor of the state and currently the youngest governor in all of America. Uh, that's quite the resume you have on your hands right now, governor. <laughs> you know, I, I like being the youngest governor in the country, although I'm still trying to convince my kids that I am uh, young and cool. They are not buying <laughs> into that messaging yet. So I've still got some work to do. How old are your kids? They are 11, 10, and 8. Okay, so well, very unimpressed by, by my resume. Yeah, they, they, they one day will probably look back and be like, wow, we have the coolest mom ever. Uh, but right now, yeah, they're, they're in that phase, A, like getting into that little bit of a rebellious stage where like no parent is cool regardless of what you do. Uh, and they also more than likely don't understand the breadth and the importance of the job title that you hold. But I do which is why I am so excited for you to be joining Outkick the Morning. And the first thing I want to get into it with you about is the subject of being a woman. Obviously, you and I understand what it be means to be a woman more than, you know, the men in this country. <laughs> and also, unfortunately, uh, most of the liberals in this country. And recently, you did something so important. You signed an executive order prohibiting woke anti-women words in state documents saying, quote, it's the left that has decided that woman is a dirty word and that we needed basic biology and basic grammar along with it. You said women are women. Government should reject language that ignores, undermines, and erases women. Government should celebrate gender distinctions between men and women, not erase them. Obviously, like I just said, this speaks volumes to me. So, Governor, when did you decide that enough was enough and made the decision to make this executive order? You know, I think as we have seen the left continue to try to diminish the value of women and what it means to be a woman, uh, the over the last several months and even the last several years, we're seeing women constantly be attacked. My question to all the time is like, where are the feminists standing up and fighting for what it means to be a woman? And if uh, you know, they're going to continue to try to erode what makes women different, unique, and special. I think then we have to start fighting back and reminding people that there is a difference, what that is. And in state government, we started to see some of the intrusion of the left language uh, working its way into uh, government documents are trying to work its way in. And so in Arkansas, we're saying we're not going to allow that to happen. We're going to continue to celebrate the uniqueness of women and make sure their voices and their perspective are not stamped out by the left. Oh, my gosh. I, I wish you were the governor of New York. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I'm happy not. to stay in Arkansas. I don't want I don't want the craziness no. of New York. No, no, please. Uh, there, there, There is too much insanity going on here that I would never want to put that onto your plate. But, you know, 
it, it needs to be realized and noticed the definite distinctions, a place like Arkansas versus New York, where ideologies and words like this, uh, use the word erode, are eroding every little bit of life that we experience here. And, and as a woman, I have to say it's very sad because, you know, even for me, I noticed that a lot of times the left won't even allow me to call myself just a woman. I'm a cis woman, which that means nothing to me. And I, I deem as an insult. How were you met when you signed this executive order? What type of response did you receive from your constituents, from other people in government? What was happening there? You know, what's amazing is that if if you were to believe what's happening in the media, you would think that they were speaking for the majority of people. But in my experience, that is certainly not the case. Definitely not here in Arkansas. We had overwhelming support. You know, we have great partnership with members of our legislature who uh, were proud to stand up and celebrate this executive order and look for ways that we can continue to cement the protection of women uh, across government. You know, I wish that we didn't have to have those conversations. I wish we weren't signing executive orders on this because I wish this wasn't a topic of conversation exactly. at all. But unfortunately, it is. So we are going to continue to look for those moments and those places where we can protect women, uh, whether that's in sports, whether that's in government documents. Uh, we have to do that. And we're going to, I think, continue to be met with significant public support for it. Um, everything that we've seen and all of the feedback we received has certainly been the vast majority uh, glad to see people speaking up and looking for and fighting for the protection of women here in our state and across the country. Well, Governor, you you brought up such a valid point. It's something I actually just mentioned yesterday on the show, and that is the fact that we are having discussions in debates at this point in time that we never in our lives would have thought we'd be having, right? The fact that yeah. you can't use the term woman anymore, that there is such the idea as the anti-woman. Uh, it's it's really gotten bizarre. And something else is just the, the, the pure ideology from the left uh, that is now promoting transgenderism uh, to the point where it's becoming ultra unhealthy and creating a social contagion. Something else that you recently did that I have so much respect for is you signed a law into effect that actually went into effect this summer. It prohibits biological men that have transitioned from using female bathrooms. So when you signed this into effect, same thing, overwhelming support for making this move? Absolutely. Huge support. Look, at the end of the day, I'm a mom. I have a daughter. Um, and I want her to be protected. And I don't want somebody who shouldn't be in the bathroom or in the locker room next to my 11-year-old daughter. And I think that, again, it's sad that we have to have that conversation, sad that we have to pass legislation to do that. But we have to do a better job protecting our kids, protecting our young female uh, children across the country. And we're going to do that here in Arkansas. And we're going to, I think, continue to be met with overwhelming support when we do. You know, Arkansas, in all that I've learned about what you've been able to do, uh, what other state leaders have been able to accomplish. I mean, we use the term progressive these days, and, and oftentimes it has a very negative connotation to it, right? Because that's what the left likes to use all progressiveness. We're pushing progressiveness. And oftentimes it's uh, a very demoralizing progressive progressiveness that they're pushing. But in your case, I mean, Arkansas, they just get it. Um, and also in terms of taking care of the homeland, Arkansas has now become the first state in the country to fight back and kick out a Chinese owned company off of their farmland. So 
Can you provide a little bit of background here? And also, should more states be following Arkansas's lead as far as this is concerned? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that is so important to our state, agriculture is our number one industry. We have to protect that. Uh, our state and frankly, our country's ability to feed ourselves uh, is not just imperative in terms of um, you know, daily life, but it's part of our national security. And so allowing the Chinese to infiltrate into our agriculture community, our agriculture technology, and post up right in our backyard is something that we're not going to allow to happen. You obviously have tons of political experience underneath your belt. You're in Trump's White House, serving as his press secretary, also one of his senior advisors. How did that position prepare you to become the governor of Arkansas? Uh, certainly, you know, growing up in a political family and uh, working for my dad and then later working in the White House, uh, I think in a couple ways, one, um, it prepares you for the mix of what comes with a role like this. Every day is different. There are no two days that are the same. And so the ability to take in a lot of information, make decisions quickly, uh, but also take on, uh, you know, some of the biggest institutions that we have in our country right now, I think for all of the things that people may or may not like about Donald Trump, I think he gave rise to people to start questioning and pushing back when there are things that are not the normal. And right now we're fighting in a world that is no longer left versus right, but it's normal versus crazy. Yes. And we now have a platform and a voice to push back against the crazy and say, these things aren't right. We're going to go back to some of their traditional values that our country was founded on. Things like uh, women playing women's sports, women going to the women's restroom and pushing for things that actually help build our kids and our country up instead of constantly tear it down. You obviously following in your father's footsteps uh, as governor, what is it about the role now that you find to be maybe different or that he's described you as being different than when he held office? You know, one of the huge differences uh, between when he came into office and for me now uh, is the makeup of our state and certainly the makeup of our state legislature. When my dad came into office, uh, Democrats had super majorities in both the House and the Senate here, and now Republicans have super majorities. So uh, in some ways, that's a much better thing because for at least for me, uh, you know, having that great partnership with members of our legislature and our ability to really put together, I think, a very conservative, bold reforms over the last several months. Now we're getting to focus on the implementation side of what we passed during our legislative session. But that is a very, very big difference going from super majorities uh, that were Democrats when he came into office versus super majorities as Republicans. And just the, uh, I think, kind of makeup and focus of our state has shifted. Uh, Arkansas is now very much a, a deep red state and people not only support, but they're demanding conservative policy and conservative values to be reflected in their legislation. And uh, that's been, I, I think, a very big difference and certainly a helpful one for me. Uh, last question for you, I promise. Charlie Baker, the current president of the NCAA, has gone as far now to say that in the future, very near future, he anticipates reversing course from what he saw from the last president of the NCAA, making sure at the very least to keep men 
out of the women's locker rooms. Uh, hopefully he takes that even a step further, completely bans them from competing together directly. Uh, have you heard from him at all or been in any type of correspondence? I have not been directly, but I know um, the RGA and a number of governors signed on to a letter to him, and some of my colleagues have spoken directly with him. We're going to continue pushing and continue doing everything that we can, not just from a state level, but also trying to put pressure and have those conversations to do everything everything to protect women, not just in the locker room, but also uh, on the fields, on the courts, to make sure that there is an even playing field and that women can continue to be competitive and successful in sports across the board. Governor Huckabee Sanders, I am so grateful to have spoken to you. I'm so grateful for everything that you have done and are doing. Please continue to keep standing up for us women. We need you more than ever right now. So thank you so much for your time and everything else. You bet. Thanks so much for having me. And if you get too frustrated with uh, politics and things in New York, you're more than welcome to move to Arkansas. It's a great state and we'd love to uh, welcome you down here. You know what? I'm not opposed to it. So maybe one day I'll be knocking on your door. <laughs> All right. We'll be ready. Thank you. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Why, if she's such a big fan of President Trump, and he was the one who endorsed her to get her governor position, why she has not yet endorsed him, despite his continually surging in the polls, even more so this week, even than the last. And she told me that she really just wanted to focus on her position as governor for these first few months uh, since the beginning of the year. But she has every intention, so she says, to endorse Trump, because obviously the things she's preaching, the exact same things he's preaching, so which I am very excited to hear. So uh, we are moving on now because it's Halloween. And what better way to celebrate than talk about my favorite candies? Because obviously the focal point of the holiday is what you get in your Halloween goodie bag. I'm a huge, huge, huge candy buff. Sweet tooth forever. I wish I didn't have it. But let's just get into it. Best candy of all time, and I will have no arguments about it would be Reese's. I mean, anytime you can get a Reese's cup in your Halloween bag, you've scored yourself a major win for the night. Super into Reese's cups. They're delicious, although I will say everyone, and if you are you know, old enough, wise enough to have understand the nuances of Reese's cups over the years, you might get. But unfortunately, they've gotten a little smaller. You get a little less peanut butter on the inside than you used to get, which I find to be a tragedy. Uh, why is everything getting smaller? Everything, it's getting smaller and things just don't taste quite as good, but that's okay. Reese's Cups, still at the top of the charts. I'm also gonna put Twix on the, on the list. Twix, to me, one of the goats of candy. I mean, there is something to be said about the fact that you also get two of them instead of one of them in a normal size package. I suppose when you're trick-or-treating, you get the little ones, uh, which is just one. Uh, but still, a lot of things really do not stand against, ooh, this is a salted caramel. I haven't even had these before. I'm getting my mind blown right now. Uh, Twix are great. Um, I'm also going to put Butterfingers on the list. I just had a few Butterfingers the other day. Butterfingers are delicious. Uh, there's, what was the, uh, the, the Simpsons? Remember the Simpsons are the reason the Butterfingers really got like the big push back in the day. Uh, so those are just a few of the candies I really like to get. I'm also a big Skittles girl. I know that they've been banned in California because of the red dye, which I actually will say, Gavin Newsom, I do not stand by anything that you do for the most part but I do appreciate the fact that you were able to ban this ingredient because it is horrible for your health. Uh, but Halloween is one of those days where, listen, go a little wild, everybody. Eat all the candy. Calories do not count. 
have the best time, go wild. Uh, finally, what I'm gonna leave you with is some unfortunate sights from our dear president. Uh, he never really makes a good impression on a holiday, no different. Uh, let's roll the video here and take a look at what Joe Biden's up to. Uh, here you can see him coughing into his hand. He is disgusting. And then he uses the same hand that probably has who knows all over it, boogers, saliva, phlegm, just germs from, you know, whatever it is that he's getting into. I don't know, maybe, I don't, I, I don't wanna speculate. I have some ideas in my mind, but I'm not sure if I'll get in trouble for saying them out loud. Anyways, point is, Joe Biden's a disgrace. Uh, if I was a child, I wouldn't even want to accept candy from him. And that, that's saying a lot for a self-proclaimed candy addict, that I do not want Joe Biden's candy. I don't want anything from Joe Biden. I don't want his politics. I don't want his candy. I don't want his leadership. So hopefully, you know, the next time, well, let's see, I guess doing my math, the next time Halloween rolls around 2024. Okay, um, we, we will have some more answers whether or not Joe Biden will be handing out candy in the future. Um, guys, that's all the time we have. Happy Halloween. This has been fantastic. I hope you all enjoy your day. I hope if you have kids, you take them out trick-or-treating. Be careful out there because I'm hearing some rumors uh, that there could be some suspect things in your child's candy bag. So make sure you're checking all that out, uh, making sure everybody's safe. But have an amazing time. And don't forget, another episode hits tomorrow. Subscribe. Make sure you're signed up for the alerts. Like, comment, follow me on social media at Charlie on TV. And with that, we'll see you later. Happy Halloween.